All right, welcome to Look at My Records, the podcast. We're officially international. I'm very happy to welcome Fasine from the UK. How are you guys Hello. doing today? We're very well, thank you. All the better for seeing you. Yes. Oh, me too. I'm really, really happy to have you guys. I discovered you guys through the XTC documentary. And since then, I've been listening to your stuff a lot. Really, really like it. And I'm just curious about your background at first. How'd you guys wind up playing music together, the three of you? Oh, well, Jim and I used to play um, music together. And um, I left that band and I poached Jim. And then Sarah just threw a friend of a friend of a friend. Wasn't yeah, it, really? we've been together for a long time, to be honest, and we've been through a few different um, people because we're quite incessant. <laughs> and so we, we've got of different people and basically just filtered down to a three-piece. Yeah. <laughs> Separate the wheat from the chaff. And uh, occasionally we go down to a duo or a solo project, one of the other argument, and then we, we get back together on the weekend. It's quite funny because we, we've been watching a lot of Marky e. Smith and laughing at the amount of band members we've got through. <laughs> From the fall, right? But I like that as well, actually. Yeah. So but, We do fall out on a regular basis. Yeah, we, we do. <laughs> and yeah, we, yeah. we speak for our lawyers. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was, I was, you know, he was supposed to come to the States recently and he got really sick and I was planning on going. I hope I'm he's doing better. Worried. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't bank on it, Thomas. So he's 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 it's, always been on the edge. He's cancelled a lot of shows here as well. Yeah, so it's yeah. It's not great. But Ozzy Osbourne's still alive. They're all. I, I would be surprised if Martin Smith outruns us all. Yeah. Quite frankly. So you guys recently appeared in the XTC documentary, and they're clearly a big influence on your sound. Would you say? Absolutely. Uh, I disagree, yeah. actually. Um, as uh, we love them, um, but we, we, I don't know. Our sound is not new wave at mm. all. I don't think it's. Um, I think it's their ethos, the way they worked, what they wanted to put out, how they presented themselves. I think all of that has probably had an effect on us. But musically, I actually wouldn't say that we take massive direction from from anyone musically, we all are into completely different things. We've all been brought up by completely different bands. And that's why I think we've been quite lucky to have created our own original sound. But yeah, I think XTC, we love them, but I wouldn't say that we try and replicate anything musically. No, that, I mean, the, the, the arrangements and, and melodies stuff is a different matter. That's probably where we, we, we like to, um, focus in on them but the, the sound is, is, is massively different yeah but I would I would agree I think where we do take a lot of inspiration is the fact that they try completely different things and different sounds on every album and every song and that's what we want to do forevermore we don't ever want an album that sounds like the last one or will sound like the next one and I think they've done that for their entire career and I think that we hope to, and that's a song by song basis as well. We really want the listener to only listen to that album in isolation. And, and, and XTC do that really well. You cannot, you know, every album is completely different. Yeah, and so I we hope a bit of that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, 
you know, I could notice it from listening to the first two records. Your first record is Dialectic, correct? That's the name of it? Just correct me on any pronunciation. (laughs) And then the second album is Garamji. Garami. Garami, okay. And uh, (laughs) it definitely is a different sound, so you guys were definitely setting out to do something completely different with that new record. And you'd be surprised how many people that pisses off. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious review that Laurie's still, uh, at some point, he'll... (laughs) will answer to that but some people don't like it if they can't anticipate what the next thing's going to be that's album to album and song to song i think some people would prefer to know what they were going to get yeah so they can digest it but you know i i i, I think they're small and bitter people and i wish nothing <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> it's good no i totally hey that's the whole point of really being in a band is to challenge yourself creatively and do different things as you grow together as a unit, would you say? Do you know what's really weird though? If you have if you um if you if you have a band or an artist with a long career, they're they're sort of allowed to do that later on. But when when you're quite a um a young new band, even though we've been doing it for years, but in release there's still a real snobbery about you changing really quickly. And I, I don't get it at all. I think it's mad that you're, you're, you're meant to have five albums which sound all the same and then mm-hmm. we'll allow you to sound different. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like, well, fuck off. We're going to do what we want to do about it. <laughs> Sorry for bad language. I come nope, swear that, I don't... That's okay. I, I appreciate your passion on that one. And I totally agree with you. Um, and how do you guys see yourselves progressing for the next album? Do you guys have new songs written yet, or is that coming in 2018? We do. We're actually we're, we're working on them at the, literally as you well not as we speak because that'd be rude, but we have been doing it today. <laughs> yeah, it today. Um, but what do you know? What happens is is that you 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 always start with um, we tend to start writing the new album as the old album still being finished off because you want to you're so well for me i get so bored of the stuff we've been working on that you you start working on stuff as soon as you can and almost um as perversely different as you can try and make it sound purely to get away from being in that room for the last year which Mm. is which is what happens when you make an album it takes a year of sitting listening to Mm. those songs over and over again so the next album is, we're not really quite sure what it's going to sound like yet, but we just know we don't want it to sound like the last one. And that's the only rule we have, really. We do that, but I don't think we ever actively set out and say, right, this is going to be completely different. I do think it's natural because none of us want to create that same piece of work twice. And that's just inbuilt. It's not like we have to sound like Yeah, yeah. So the first album was quite heavily programmed, um, mainly because we started out doing everything ourselves. The second album, we did a lot more in the studio. And I think the third album, we will, everything, because everything we create, we do it ourselves in a room like we are today on a computer. And I think the next album, we'll just re-record everything live. So it'll be a completely different feeling again. And sometimes it's out of necessity how you make an album. But, you know, we, we, we do do everything ourselves. But in the early days, we had no one. Absolutely yes. no one. And so we didn't we, have the money to record everything. Yeah. So we cobbled together favours and what we could do um, 
ourselves, mm-hmm. um, someone's drilling. That's mental. I'm saying that someone's drilling. <laughs> Who has got no life that they're doing DIY? <laughs> and it just so happens that uh, James, who's also sat here, you won't know because he hasn't said anything, um, is a <laughs> programmer. So thankfully, it didn't sound too bad having done it ourselves with no other. No I, I, involved. I think Jim's a genius and he'll never say it, but I think he's he's a true genius actually. Yeah. And that whole first album, the way it sounded was largely due to I mean mostly me. <laughs> right? <laughs> Somewhat to Jim as well, you know. <laughs> if don't you think, Jim, what are your thoughts? Dougie Jones. <laughs> what is um, that? Yeah, it was um oh, I don't know how to say this without I smoke up my own ass. So <laughs> I'll agree with you for now. But for um, dialectic, we were honestly sat in a room for probably more than trying to find sound. And that album, it just it took a long time, but there was no other hands in it. You know, it, it, it was mixed and then mastered. But I think a lot of bands do have extra people to come in and help shape the album. But I think we're quite proud of that being a, a homegrown bedroom album. Yeah. Isn't it? That was, it wasn't a bad effort. It wasn't a bad effort. It's a, it's a very strong effort. I've, that's <laughs> my opinion. So, <laughs> <laughs> But um, just to transition back to your involvement with the documentary, the XTC documentary, how would you guys uh, get involved with that? So uh, the... the sort of medium answer to that is is that we'd 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 run out of songs for the second album um and we were, we were so tired we just said fuck it let's do a cover and we thought what's what's the most obscure cover we can get away with that's interesting and so i'd been listening to uh, nonsuch at that point and we fell in love with that wave it was, it was just it was an amazing song and I can't remember who said it, it was probably not because I do all the major, major uh, decisions. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, oh, um, so we, we thought, do you know what, let's let's do a cover of that way. Um, and we, we did it really as an experiment and to keep ourselves interested in what we were doing. Um, and then the song weirdly got picked up by a load of um, XTC forums and fans and it sort of got passed around. And then via those sort of channels, the producer of the, the documentary got in touch with us and said, we really liked what you did. Would you like to be a part of the, the documentary? And we, and we thought for a couple of seconds and we went, yes, we would like to do And you guys really made a strong contribution to it. It was nice to see the you know, perspective of someone. You know, you guys are, I think, around my age. I'm 30. Right, mm-hmm. you guys are in your twenties, thirties. How XTC has influenced uh, later generations, essentially, because they really haven't been active in a while. And their last two albums, you know, in the early two thousands, late nineties, um, you didn't really get as much press. I'd say I don't know, maybe in the UK they did, but I would say XTC in the states is much less known. It's kind of like a, um, they're kind of more of a a niche and but well respected though so i thought your contribution to the documentary was excellent and why did you 
Yeah, so from what I understand, talking to like uh, some older people, like my uncle was a big XTC fan, but he was really into a lot of uh, UK stuff. So he kind of had his finger on the pulse of that. So he was kind of with them from the beginning uh, through their new wave phase, late 70s, early 80s. But from what I understand, when they did Skylarking in the documentary, they mentioned that they had Todd Rundgren, an American producer, do it. And then those songs are kind of a hit, like Dear God was a hit in the States and got some traction. So from then on, what's that? It was really weird, that song becoming so big. Yeah. I thought it was great. I actually met someone recently who told me he's at a he's in a Catholic school and his friend got kicked out of school for playing that on like the loudspeaker at this at the high school. So that's funny, right? But um so you guys um you guys recently recorded some live tracks. Yes, we did at Battery Studios and you can download them for free. We're giving them away. That's yes. how nice we are. Oh my goodness! So I de- so let's do it. Let's play these live versions of Feather Jesus, Ursa Minor, Gold, and we'll wrap it up with Paleo. Enjoy, everyone.
Because. 
All right, so you just heard live versions of Feather Jesus, Ursa Minor, Gold, and Paleo. And guys, why don't you just remind everyone where they can get their hands on these tracks? If you go to our website, fascine.com, there's a VIP section. And if you put your email in, you can have them for free. Just sign so up. So sign up to the mailing list, give us your email and lots of money. Loads. <laughs> <laughs> We're broke. No, yeah, so they're all for free. And there's a couple more extra tracks as well that you haven't played, I think. So, yeah. Excellent. That sounds good. Everyone rush over there right now. But so we're going to transition to the second segment of this podcast. Usually I'll have a band over and they'll look through my record collection and pick stuff, influences, and then we'll talk about it. But since you guys are on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, I figured this would be a good alternative since we're all big XTC fans. I decided we should each pick our favorite XTC song, talk about it, and then I'll play it. So, guys, tell me, what are your favorite XTC songs? Uh, I'm going to go for I Can't Own Her, Apple Venus Volume 1. I think it's a beautiful song, a different side to Andy. I like all the orchestral arrangements in it. And, um, yeah, it's a bit of a... I love power ballad, and uh, I just really, really like that song. So that's my choice. I'm going for No Thugs in Our House. Um, everything about the song is amazing. It's, do you know what? People say that Jim Morrison and Daltrey uh, could scream, but when Andy, when he does that scream in that song, it gives me goosebumps every single time. It's, it's genius. Yeah, that's a really, really good choice, both of them. You know, Apple Venus is interesting. I think it's not as paid attention to as much as a record, but when you really think of XTC, I only really started listening to Wasp Star this year, which was the last their last release, and there's still so many great uh, songs on that, and the same thing with Apple Venus, and this is really a, a standout track on that one, I Can't Own Her. And No Thugs in Our House, I really think of, like, classic XTC. And I believe we were saying, I think that's on English Settlement. Can't remember. But, and then, Jim, you selected Rook off of Nonsuch. That's correct, yeah. It's, um, song kind of feeds off their entire body of work. The subject matter of Rook is Andy's, like, struggling to cope with wondering where his inspiration was going to come from next and to see what he'd come up with before what he made with that song he's going to create subsequent to the album it was um, very disarming and human point in their careers I think that he sort of shared that with listener and a great vulnerability and just added that extra dimension to the band and really stuck out so, yeah, yeah. I think that's another excellent choice. And it's interesting you listen to Nonsuch. It really is kind of a growth out of Orange and Lemons that record previously recorded. Would you guys agree? It was a what, sorry? Kind of really springboarded off of the last one, Orange and Lemons. Definitely kind of a growth from that one. You can hear the parallels in the sounds, even though it is I, definitely different. 
I thought Orange and the Lemons was their, their, their take on America, and I thought Nonsuch was that version of that album that's set in England. It's like an English version of Orange and Lemons, I thought. Yeah. Are you guys fans of the Dukes of Stratosphere album at all? You guys give that a listen? Yeah, some weird stuff on that. Yeah, it's definitely weird, and it's it's funny watching in the documentary what exactly they were going for and mm. why they felt they needed to kind of wear masks and stuff. They're like, we don't want anyone to know it's XTC. But there was that Paisley underground scene in like the Los Angeles area where there's these bands kind of going more for a 60s sound. And it's weird how that kind of, I think, comes back like every decade or so. Like in the 90s, there's these Athens, Georgia-based bands too that did the same thing, kind of wearing the masks and st- I don't know, type of thing. But the Dukes of Stratosphere is definitely a standout as it's you know, obviously really different and builds off of all of the 60s influences. The influence of the uh, Stone Roses, that record, I believe. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but amazing. <laughs> they, even their side project would influence another brilliant band. Okay. Purely out of, uh, just your passion for making that kind of music. It's no pretense to make that record. It's just release valve, just let off and like, fuck it, let's make this record. And what it went on to create. Do you think they'd have carried on if they could with that? Because I think if they didn't have the record company pressure, I think they would have happily stayed in that, that mode. Just that out. It's interesting to think about. You know, it's definitely, it's so trippy, that album. It's a great, like, summer listen when you're driving in your car with, like, the windows open and kind of just, like, spacing out. But, um, so I'm going to play, but that's kind of a tangent because my favorite XTC song is uh, King for a Day. It's a Colin Moulding song on Oranges and Lemons. And it's just a really great song. I really don't know what else to say about it. But anytime I hear it, I just feel happy. The type of thing, it kind of invokes those emotions in me. Would you guys agree? Yeah. We love that song. Have you listened to Tim Spirit? Uh, no. Dave Gregory's band is, is, is very like the... Uh, sorry, I'm going back on the, the, the Jukes uh, thing. But if you get a chance to listen to... His side project, that's very 60s influence. And there's, what's that song that we were listening um, to? Sunshine. Summer. It feels like summer It now. feels like feels summer now. Like summer. Um, check them out. They're really good. Really good. Oh, DJ. You guys actually met Dave Gregory recently, right? Yes. Oh, God, yes. It was absolutely wonderful. We were hoping that he might show, and we messaged him before the show, but he said he had somewhere else to be. And um, and that was fine, and we had a great and a great sound check and everything. And then just before we went on, turned around and there he was. <laughs> it was sort of we the worst con- moment for Dave Gregory to arrive. Was just before we went on, I was tried to contain, contain our. Yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah, how, how did how did that feel playing for someone that you consider such a strong influence? It must have been nerve wracking, but also obviously very fulfilling. Well, we did that wave as well, so it was really surreal playing yeah. a, an XCC song at Dave Gregory in Swindon. Yeah. It was the weirdest. 
and he was sat on the balcony he and he balcony. he was loving he was really loving the gig and I was looking at him and but every time I looked at him I just I, I had a little moment where I felt a bit weird yeah. so. honestly it's been absolutely mad this whole experience obviously being on the documentary and having him at the gig and speaking to all the fans it's it's really been a big thing for us and I think there's probably a lot of bands that you know, are influenced by it. We're so, yeah, it's just been a really wonderful time. I'm very happy for you guys. I'm glad you got to do all that. It was very uh, great documentary to watch. I'm glad I was able to discover you guys through it too. But now let's play these four XTC songs and then we'll come back and wrap up. So we're going to hear No Thugs in Our House, I Can't Own Her, Rook, and king for a day.
Thanks for your picks. Those were all excellent songs. Really good XTC songs. You guys have great favorite XTC songs. And so do I. So I need to pat myself on the back there. But um, this is great. Thank you so much for doing this and being on the podcast. Uh, This is a big milestone for my podcast to have to go international like this. Really, (laughs) really happy to have you guys. But um, any last... and play. I think in the next couple of years we'll come over and play live and hopefully see you then. Oh my gosh, I would love to meet you. I would love to see you guys here in New York City. That would be amazing. Have you guys ever been to New York? I went many years ago. I played in an old band years ago, the old CBGBs as well. Oh my, so that was... <laughs> oh, that's really cool. What? They fucking hated us. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst and best night of my life, that. It was, and you know, who, who was playing after it was Papa Roach before they? Uh. <laughs> Do you remember them? Yeah, they well, they they were not a good band. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you guys are way better than Papa Roach. I think it's safe to say. Yes, you are. No, we'd love to come over there and play though. Definitely. It's on the it's on the to do list. It's on the list. Well, you guys definitely let me know. Um, any plans for 2018 you got planned yet? Putting out a new record? Yeah, there'll be a new record. Um, I think just a bit of, a, a bit of anything, really. Yeah. Some we live just recordings. Keep going. Gigs. Yeah, it's it never can, ends. All so we can do is keep going. Yeah. And you guys are going to keep on going, I can tell. I know. You got that. Fi- <laughs> you got that fire inside you. 
But anyone out there that wants more information about you should go to your website, right? Fasine.com. Yeah, so um, they could download those live tracks, and hopefully, we'll have the XTC documentary out here soon, and everyone can see it. Well, thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.